You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, gals. It's the first episode of 2022. I can't believe it, kind of. We're in a new year. I can't decide if 2021 was the fastest year or was it the longest year ever. It's sort of a strange mix. I I feel like 2021 had a lot on its shoulders since, you know, it was the follow-up to the the 2021 that got all the bad press and all the things that nobody wanted to have any part of. Everybody just wanted it that year to just go away. And so everyone got so excited for 2021. So I wonder how was 2021? It's a little bit of a mixed bag. I feel like 21 had some great stuff and I feel like We've just seen the Lord do so many amazing things in the ministry with Athe Women, really encouraged by so many of you guys out in this audience and the, and the things that you guys have sent me in and ways that you have just looked to your Bibles in, in ways that maybe you haven't before. And I've just been so encouraged. I get so encouraged when I see some of you guys and you guys come up and you talk to me and I've gotten some long hugs from some of you and I love it. It's just, you guys know, I want this to feel sort of like you and I are just having a little bit of a conversation. So when I get to see you guys, it just makes my day. I love it. So 2021 had some really good stuff, but I would have to say that probably none of that good stuff was things that we saw on the news, right? All of the things around us continued to sort of look a little dark, (laughs) a little abysmal at times, but thankful that that is certainly not where our hope is. And that's one of the many things I love about this podcast, because we talk about what the Lord is up to and what's in his word for us. And that is filled with hope and things that you know, is not what this world has to offer. So I love New Year's. I love this time of year. I love the idea of starting something new. I think probably anybody that's a type A and uh, likes their new calendar and all that stuff. Although I have to say, every year I try to do the whole like paper calendar thing and get everything organized. And I still end up ditching it for my phone and my online calendar and all that stuff. But every year I seem to think that, nope, this is going to be the year. This year, I even downloaded a digital calendar. I don't even know. I'm seriously probably fooling myself, guys. But I really wanted to try because I love the idea of a new year, of laying out your goals and actually setting some goals. I'm not real great at that. And I think those are a little bit of a double-edged sword sometimes. They can serve you well. And then other times it can end up being not the positive influence, maybe that you intended it to be. So, you know, moderation and all those things. But it's always, I think it's great to get Christmas cleaned up and just sort of start things new, start things fresh. I've talked to you guys several times about reading through the Bible. And, you know, this is the time of year that everybody everybody starts that, right, with really big, ambitious goals. If you have been following me for a while, you know that I typically end up like starting my New Year Bible plan in the most random times. I think this year I began the Bible anew in October. Yep. That's weird. And then I think uh, the the year before that, I think it was June. So I'm one of these that I really think it's so important to be in your Bible every day, even if it's just, you know, one verse, if it's two chapters, if it's but just kind of making your way through scripture and always having your your toe in it somewhere. I, I just love that. And I and I think it's neat how the Lord uses scripture in places that maybe you're doing a separate Bible study somewhere else. But, you know, all of a sudden this verse in Exodus kind of pops out to you. That, that happened to me this morning. That's some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. But I love just kind of having 
your toe in scripture. I want to give you a recommendation. The one I started this year is called The Whole Bible in Two Years. It's great because it's a little, it's less on the reading plan as far as like how much you're doing a day. But again, I always tell you guys, you set that. You, If you read half, if you read a verse, it's all good. It, there's no nobody that says that by 12, December 31st of this year of 2022, that you must have made it through or else none of it counts. That's just not how this works at all. That's our own silly, like, you know, things that we just want to check off. But just keep plugging away. So if, you know, if the, we're four days into the new year and if you're thinking, oh man, I've already blown it. No, you haven't. It's all good. It's just keeping going through scripture. I know probably some of you have made resolutions and other things. And this word kind of cracks me up a little bit because I wonder if we really know what resolution means. I looked it up because you know how there's there's familiarity with words and you just think, well, of course I know what that means. But then when you read the definition, you're like, hmm, I'm not sure we know what this means. You know, I love my old Webster 1828 dictionary. And it says that a resolution is the effect of a fixed purpose, firmness steadiness or constancy in execution and implying courage. Hmm. I didn't even look this up, guys, in our modern dictionary, because I, I sort of feel like it's probably going to say, you know, a resolution means give it your best shot or something like that. I, I'm just kidding. But but do we put resolution like it, do we think of it as something that's fixed and there's firmness and steadiness? Well, Maybe we think that is what the word means, but rarely do folks' New Year's resolutions make it very long. But that's okay. And why that I think is so great is because I kind of like the Bible's take on New Year's resolutions. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Here we have the resoluteness, the firmness, the steadfastness, but it's in the Lord. It's not us. All the resolutions in the world that you got in just for us, for our, in our own strength, we're probably going to blow it. And if you're like me, you've blown it many, many times in that area. But I think this is great because it kind of takes the load off of your New Year's resolutions. OK, because first of all, it's focusing on the, the steadfastness, the firmness, the faithfulness of the Lord, not you, not me. And it also, did you notice that it says that they're new every single morning? Thank goodness it doesn't say that the steadfastness of the Lord, that it's new every January 1st. And then you got to wait a whole nother year until you get that steadfastness and that newness and that faithfulness of the Lord. That's not how the Lord works. We have it every day. So I love this encouragement from Lamentations that tells us if even if maybe the Lord has put it on your heart to be more resolute in something. First of all, I tell you, keep some perspective, the steadiness, the steadfastness, that's going to exist in the Lord and any steadiness that he, that we have, it comes from him. It's something that he gives us the strength to then live out, but it's not going to come in our own flesh. That's for sure. But it's new every morning. So it's all good. You blow it today. You get to come back to the Lord and say, Hey, I want to meet you in meet you today. And I want to start new. I love this, but we do not bring a whole lot of strength and steadiness to the table. No, we really don't. So it's Lord's steadiness, the Lord's resoluteness that we get to focus on what he gives us, what he brings to the table, not so much what we bring to the table. Well, today I want to look at something, you know, have you ever had a scripture that you maybe you've read it a thousand times 
And when I tell you guys the scripture that I'm going to camp out on today, you're going to go, really, Amy? That's where you're going? A thousand times. This is a very, very, very common, well-known passage. And I think sometimes we can read passages that we're really familiar with or we hear it and then, but have you ever had that thing where it just, it just hits different that day? For whatever reason, it hit really different. Well, this morning, this week, really, I've been waiting to record this episode, and I've just been been thinking about the things that I want to accomplish today. And each day, I always, 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 I'm very consistent in this prayer because I really don't want me to lead my day. And I ask the Lord, what do you want me to accomplish today? You know, I in my mind right now, I've got kind of some big deadlines coming up. And I've been working on one of our our future Bible studies that's coming up later in 2022. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I, I got all this stuff that I need to get cranking on. And you know, Lord, what would you what would you give me for this over here? You know, something that I'm sure that that's what he's going to supply the list for. That's what he's going to show me how to complete my to-do list. And as I was praying about this, instead, I didn't hear any big idea about the direction of our next study, or I didn't hear any big things about different things that I should be working on. I heard this. I heard, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. See, I told you, it's a real common one. I bet, in, in fact, if you're like me, soon as the thought of trust in the Lord with all your heart came to my mind, I almost even was sort of, I mean, I know I wasn't reading it. I just, you know, this verse came to me, but I almost kind of even rushed through the rest of the verse just even with that, because I'm like, oh, I, I know what this says. I, I've already heard this. I, I know this one. There was a particular piece of this verse that I felt like the Lord was really accentuating. So I, we'll, we'll look at this, but in a little bit detail here in just a minute. But before we even get to that, do you realize how amazing it is that the Lord speaks to us? Like he he really does speak to us. And, and the way, the method that he speaks to us is through his word. I love the quote. Many pastors have said this, but and you've probably heard it as well. But it says that if you want to hear from God, read your Bible. And if you want to hear from God audibly, read it out loud. I love that. I love that because really that we do forget this. We we forget that the word of God is just that. It is his word. It is not an inspirational, feel good, you know, self-help book. Nope. It is the words of the creator of the world, the sovereign, holy, just, and loving God's word to us. We can forget that because it's really profound if you think about that. And, you know, a little bit convicting to go, man, probably should be spending more time in his word if that's what it all what this is which it is trust in the lord with all your heart i love in the nlt it also says do not depend on your own understanding seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take now i want to just break this sweet verse down just a little bit because like i said i know this is really really familiar but sometimes i think our familiarity with scripture can really be an enemy to the profoundness. And maybe we even miss some things that the Lord would have for us because we're just rushing right past it. We've heard it. We've heard this one. So I want to really pause and really take a few minutes just on this very simple verse that you will probably have memorized by the time, if you didn't have it already, by the time we get to the end of this podcast. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's just start with the very first word, trust. The Hebrew word trust there, it says to be confident, unsuspecting, to cause to rely and inspire confidence. Trust 
in itself is great, right? But it, it definitely depends on the thing that you're trusting in. Here, this word is uh, the it's followed by trusting in the Lord. We see this in Psalm 37, 3. It's the same word, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Sweet verse. Psalm 115, 9 also says, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Trust works, I guess, for us insofar as the reliability or the thing in which we're putting our trust in. It's got to be specific, right? You can't just, it's not just a, well, I just trust that. If you say, I just trust that, well, what is it you're trusting? You have to give it some anchor. You have to give it something that's reliable behind it. So in this scripture, trust in the Lord. You know, when I think of trust, I think of uh, probably sometimes the most out of control feeling you can have for some this bothers you, some it doesn't, is when you are uh, the passenger in a car. Because, you know, if you are a mom and you're training a new driver, that's a little scary. (laughs) There's not a lot of trust there because you've been driving for a while and you have verbally given instructions. But, you know, the practice of it, you don't really have a whole lot of trust in that 15 or 16 year old driver as they're, you know, speeding down the road and at times you feel that you are going to crash to your death. So I I feel like it's sort of that way, you know, you're out of control a little bit. What are you trusting? I kind of trust the driver. I I really, I have to, I'm not going to knock on my kids here because honestly, my driving, I don't have a whole ton of trust in my driving. I don't love driving. It's not relaxing to me. It's not, nope. It's it's kind of a thing. My husband is so fantastic. He knows that I don't love driving. And so always on my birthday, I never drive anywhere, which I'm not a huge, like festive, big birthday person, but he always makes it real special. And believe it or not, me not driving anywhere makes it so special. I love to not drive. And then if I could juxtapose, you know, if we've got the 15, 16 year old driver on one side, on the other side, I would put my husband's driving. And man, when he is driving, I am at total peace. I have complete confidence in his driving. He's just, I don't, I feel like in some ways I've become a little bit of an aficionado, you know, and we all get this way of other people's driving. Some people we can handle being in the car with for a while. And then others are like, okay, I'm car sick. And yeah, this is not working for me. Chris is great. I mean, I just have such confidence in how he drives and it's just, I'm at total peace with it. I trust his driving. I trust in Chris. And it makes it so that getting from point A to point B, man, that's how I want to, how do I want to do this? So those first four words, trust in the Lord. If you want, we could just pack it up right there, couldn't we? Because we know that the Lord is trustworthy. Back with that verse I read at the beginning, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, it says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is steadfast. He doesn't stop. He doesn't get tired. His mercies never end. And his, he's always faithful. He never wavers. Psalm 86, 15 also says, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Deuteronomy 7, 9. I love this one. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. The Lord is trustworthy. He's faithful. He's steady. He's resolute. 
He's all the things that we really are not. But he is constant. And he and he and he just he doesn't run out. We can trust in the Lord. So we have trust in the Lord, but then he says, trust in the Lord. And I, I kind of feel like he knew we were going to need to know the how, you know, okay, a trust in the Lord with what? And he kind of goes for all of it, right? He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, all of it. Now, I hinted early that when this verse came to my mind, as I was praying through this, it was that word all that I felt like had some neon lights around it because trusting in the Lord that part, I, I feel like I know, I mean, I know that the Lord is trustworthy and I know that he is faithful. But then when it says how to do it, and it says that we are to trust him with all our heart, wholeheartedly, not as far as it's comfortable for me, but all. And I think this is really easy for us to trust the Lord compartmentally. I think as I thought through this, I really was thinking I, I probably do this far more than I realize. Yes, Lord, you know, I, I trust you with my kids. You know, we can say this. I trust you with my kids. And then maybe you catch yourself solving a problem for them. You know, when maybe the Lord was asking you to just let him teach them lessons. I was thinking of this, how when my kids were younger in elementary school and maybe early junior high, but I was mostly thinking elementary when like there would be trouble with a friend or something. And it's one of those things that as a mom, you're like, well, I could just call the mom and fix this real quick. You know, I know it's a misunderstanding. You know, you talk to this kid, tell your kid to apologize. I mean, my kid to apologize, you know, that kind of stuff. We'll just fix it. I, or sometimes it could be, I just need to tell him what to say. I just need to, you know, okay, here's what you got to do. You need to, you know, pull him aside and you need to say this and you need to say this and just really make sure I'm walking through. I'm not arguing that there isn't teaching and training, especially through some of those early relationship issues that our, our kiddos are having difficulties in friendships. I think that's that's good. I think it's one of the greatest things on why it's so important that our kids are with other kids and at church and school and things like that. So they can kind of be around some people and learn how to navigate those relationships. And they need us to guide them through that process. So there is teaching and training. But most uncomfortably, I find, are those times when the Lord kind of lays it on your heart to just zip it. You know, no, don't fix this problem for him. Let him, meaning God, work this out. Let God do this. You just kind of sit tight. This is real hard for us. This is real hard for us because we really just want to, we, we just think we need to help. We need to help. But think about what we're doing in that moment. It's sort of like, yes, Lord, I trust you. But then you start kind of start seeing the compartmentalization. We start seeing the pie a little bit and I'll trust the Lord with this over here or I'll trust the Lord with this. But this piece right here, I kind of hang on to. You could ask yourself some hard questions and go, ooh, am I really trusting the Lord with this? I, I was thinking of this with uh, if there, if you yourself are experiencing a broken relationship or there's a breakdown in communication somewhere. And you can realize if you think about it, I know I've done this, where you realize, you, man, I have not prayed about this and asked the Lord how this relationship should be healed and fixed and all of that stuff nearly as much as maybe I've talked to other people about it. You know, or maybe maybe manipulating situations to sort of smooth things over. But so many times I feel like the Lord has desired me to just sit tight on a situation and not really go and get all busy and, and do things and say things and all of that. And on the times when I have listened to that voice that is telling me, hey, let the Lord take care of this. Just sit tight. I have been amazed to see how it worked out. 
how the Lord just paved the path. And really, I did nothing. Now, if we're always getting in the mix on this stuff, anytime a problem comes up and we're not taking a sec to just pray about that situation, it's going to be tough for us to even see. We're not even going to know what the Lord's asking us to do. So I, I think it's such a great reminder to remember, but we need to be taking those things. I don't care how small or how big, ask the Lord and then listen. A lot of times he just kind of wants us to hang out. We're in a far bigger hurry, I find, than the Lord is. Now, unfortunately, I feel like probably, you know, when I jump in and do all the things, I feel like that's probably that's the thing that's probably happened to me a time or five or a hundred where I want to get in there and I want to do my thing. When the Lord would say, trust me with all your heart, hang on, sit tight. The next part of that verse is lean not on your own understanding. I really like this one. Because this is kind of the Lord in his kindness. And no, he's not saying we're dumb or lacking intelligence. But he is also kind of saying, you probably won't get it. You might not get it. That's okay. He's pointing out that my understanding is limited. And sometimes you and I will not get it. We won't understand. And our way of working it, you know, how we want to work it out won't work at all. I was when my firstborn, when I was pregnant with my with my first little guy, Evan, he I don't know, man, it it was an early, early ultrasound. And I remember, you know, when you're a first time mama, anything that shows up, you're like kind of freaked out, like, wait, what's this? And I remember it was one of the early uh, ultrasounds. And there was there was just a little blip on the on the ultrasound that they're like, you know, this is probably no big deal, but we're just going to take another ultrasound at and I can't remember what it was. I think it was like, you know, 20 weeks or something like that. So, or 30 weeks, maybe that's what it was. So we'd go through the process. I We wait and do the other ultrasound at 30 weeks. And the initial issue that came up was sure enough gone, just like the doctor figured it would be. He was like, yeah, this is no big deal. It went away. But they ended up seeing something on his kidney when he was about at this 30-week ultrasound. And the, and the kidney was uh, larger on one of the lobes than it should have been. And so they're like, well, again, I'm sure everything's fine. You know, it's nothing really to be alarmed about, but it's probably something that after the baby's born, we're going to need to, you know, just take a look and do an ultrasound and kind of evaluate that kidney. So this was just such an interesting process of, you know, sure enough, Evan's born, healthy little guy, no problems. And we just followed the doctor's instructions to continue to kind of watch this kidney. It was a ultrasound. We had to do them kind of at regular intervals and they weren't too traumatic other than the fact that, you know, the babies think it's all cold. And so there's a whole lot of crying and screaming when the ultrasound gels right on their on their kidney and they're watching this stuff. But it was at I think it was his ultrasound when he was at six months. And this was the one that they basically were like, yeah, we'll do this last one. And then, you know, you're in the clear. We're all good to go. And we were at this ultrasound where the doctor looked at the scan and pulled us in his office. And he's like, well, <laughs> I can't really explain this. But we basically they had they had discovered that, you know, the tube that goes from the kidney to the bladder, it had had like a knot in it. It just it had like kind of like a kink. And they said, yeah, that can't be there. Because if at that point, he had lost a little bit of kidney function, but not a big deal. But if they hadn't monitor if they didn't fix it he would eventually as you know probably by the time he's about five or six he would have had to lose the kidney because he would have lost so much kidney function and I remember my husband and I just marveling at 
the things that we did not understand in our own understanding and the things that the Lord in his goodness and his kindness completely orchestrated our path. We had no idea of, you know, the little tiny ultrasound that happened at 30 weeks when it was not even about a kidney. It was some other blip on the radar. But it set this this plan into motion that, oh, guess we need to do this next ultrasound. And so they do the next one and they're like, well, let's keep an eye on this. And then we had even after he was born, we had done, I believe, two other ultrasounds before we got to this final one where we were basically like, yeah, we'll just do this last one and then we'll be done. When they find something that is like, oh, that definitely shouldn't be there. Never would have done any of that. Never would have done any of those ultrasounds. And the Lord, in his understanding, he knew exactly how that was going to be worked out. He was completely taking care of our little guy. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Way beyond my understanding. I would have done exactly zero of those extra tests and my son would have only one kidney today instead of two. The Lord reminds us to trust him. Yes but to do so wholeheartedly and to even do it when we don't get it. I want to read you guys a passage. It's it's not too long. I know you guys are probably on your walk or you're doing dishes right now. I love the story here in Exodus 2. And just a little bit of context, what's going on in there is when Pharaoh had been ordering the death of any of the male Hebrew babies that were born. And so I want to just read you a little bit of the birth of Moses. And, and I want to look at Jochebed a little bit. That's Moses's mom here, because I think we see some really cool things in how she trusted the Lord. It says in Exodus 2, verse 1, Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came to bathe at the river. And while her young women walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman and she took it. And when she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews children. Then his sister said to the Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse from one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the girl went and called the child's mother and Pharaoh's daughter and said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. I love the story of Moses's mother. Her name was Jochebed. And this is one admirable, brave lady, I think. She's being, you know, her culture, if you will, what's going on in her time is obviously very hostile. I mean, life and death hostile. She probably had friends that their children had been killed because of this edict that Pharaoh had put out there. So it was a scary time. And I think about this is if you kind of compare Jochebed with maybe perhaps what our helicopter moms today (laughs) would do, because you see her real trust in the Lord. So much so that she makes a basket for him and it sets him away from her. She takes him and floating him in a river. There's not a whole lot of the helicopter moms today. There's not really any mom today that's really going to go for the idea of putting their new baby in, you know, a little boat that they make and floating them down the Willamette River. That's just not going to be a thing. And so it's interesting to me because it's not as if the Nile River in Egypt at this time was a safe place for her child to be. But yeah, this is what she does because she is choosing 
to trust the Lord. And I would definitely say choose the Lord, trusting the Lord beyond her own understanding. Because would that equation of making a little boat for your baby and floating him down the river make any sense to our understanding? No, that's the opposite of what we would think we would do. But this is what she does. And you see how in so trusting the Lord, because when you really float your child out there into the river, if you don't have your hand on him anymore and you are just saying, Lord, this child is in your hands. Interesting, the rest of that story and what happened. The Lord brings Pharaoh's daughter to be at that particular spot of the river and just so happens to find Moses, sees him crying takes pity on him. And then to have the daughter, or rather it would be, so it would be Moses's big sister, kind of standing by watching, like seeing like what's going to happen. And, you know, she just offers this friendly suggestion of how about if I just go get one of the Hebrew women to help you out? So here you have Jochebed who trusted the Lord with her child. And then what ends up coming back is she actually gets to care for her child. Not only is he not going to be killed, but she is going to get to care for him. And then his life is going to be preserved even beyond that, because then he would go to live with Pharaoh's daughter and become her son. So it's an interesting story. And again, the beyond our understanding part, I'm not saying any part of that necessarily was easy for Jochebed. I think that obviously just even doing the first part, putting the baby in the river, that's hard enough. And I actually don't think it would have been very easy for her to then give Moses back to Pharaoh's daughter after she had weaned him. I don't think that would have been easy either. It's interesting, trusting the Lord, it doesn't necessarily coincide with that's going to make you feel good or maybe just be, you know, not difficult, but it doesn't make it not the right thing to do. Because we know the story then of Moses, the rest of Exodus, and how the Lord was really raising him up, and he was going to be uniquely used by the Lord. But I think you can kind of peel back a little bit, go back into Moses's roots a little bit, and you see this moment with Jochebed trusting the Lord in ways that did not make sense to her. And the Lord made the path straight. That's a challenging Old Testament scripture for us moms today. I'm not suggesting that I think the Lord is asking any of us to, like I said, go float our children down the river. No. But can you kind of think about that? Like, remember, when we read these stories in the Old Testament, when we read stories in the, in the New Testament, these are real people. This is real. This is not a myth. This isn't some made up fantasy. These are real people. And they're there. These stories are there by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as the inspired, authoritative word of God. So they're there for a reason. You can maybe even just read that story and go, Lord, what would you teach me by your spirit out of that passage on how I should be trusting you? That's an interesting prayer, isn't it? I read that and I think the things that I am often feel like I am asked to trust the Lord in are not quite as radical as what Jochebed was asked in this particular story. And yet still, I kind of hang on to it, don't I? I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in you guys' mouth, but I know for me, we'll kind of hang on to our thing. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts, all of it, not tiptoeing, not just some of the things, but all of it and lean not on your own understanding. And then I also verse six, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Acknowledge, you know, that that word right there is just it's no, it's notice, learn <laughs> and realize. But the thing that's saying, it says in all your ways, acknowledge, do those things, no, notice, learn him. Notice him, realize him. There is no us in that equation. Zero. 
it's none of this. But well, I just think that if I did dot, dot, dot. No, it says in all your ways, learn, know, notice him. And he will make straight your paths. So as we kick off this brand new year, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time in perhaps what is a very familiar and common passage. But often I think we need to slow down on some of these verses. You know, earlier I was talking about, hey, start your Bible plan and, you know, all of those. And I'm, yeah, I'll be your cheerleader on that for sure. But, you know, here's another challenge to that. Maybe don't read the three chapters or the two chapters or whatever your plan is recommending. Maybe read one verse. Maybe read one chapter, the same chapter, every day, the entire week, and just maybe focus on two words. Now, I think the key with that is to always, always, always start your time in the word in prayer and asking the Lord to teach you by his spirit. But I bet it will be amazing what he reveals. And maybe it's just for you. Maybe it won't be for anything for you to even share. Maybe it will be something that you will, that the Lord will put on for you to share, but it might just be something just for you that he, maybe he throws some neon lights around all like he did for me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So it's fun to be in a brand new year. I'm really excited about this new season like I said, maybe it's just because I, I, yep, I like the clean start. I like all that goes with it. But I know it's not because necessarily anything going around on this is, is awesome. Necessarily, we still have a lot of negativity in the news. We have a lot of bad things around us. But I am particularly excited about these next few, well, several weeks, at least here on the on the podcast. Next week, I'm going to kick off a series and I'll tell you guys more about that in next week's episode. But I cannot wait for this one. We're going to start a series called Beautiful Design. And man, I think we really, really, really need this one right now. I think this is a for such a time as this type of thing that we need to look at some things in scripture and we're going for it. So subscribe if you haven't, you don't want to miss this. I hesitate to tell you how many will be in the series because the Lord could move that around, but it's going to be several weeks, but the Lord has really laid some things on my heart and we're kind of going to swing for the fences, but I am ready. So until then, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but know him and he will make your paths straight. Let's live that one out. Thank you for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of AV Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at apcreek.com.